What's up, everyone? My name is Alex Stevenson, and welcome back to the In Wonder podcast. I hope you're doing well on this fine afternoon. It's, well, it's afternoon for me, maybe not for you whenever you're listening to this. It's been a while and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that your relationship with Jesus and love for Jesus is striving, um, especially in this day and age. And today I just want to talk about um, a little something that's been on my heart even recently that I feel like um, the Lord has been showing me. Um, and he's been showing me a lot through this season of life, um, as I've mentioned in past episodes. Uh, but today, I want to talk about um, our, our spending time with Jesus um, and how how important um, that is in this day and age. And I think um, increasingly and more in my life, I'm seeing how fast the world is. I don't know if you guys, there are just days where I'll get up in the morning and the pace of the world just seems so fast, right? Like media is flying at you. Social media is a billion different things. Internet is a billion different things. And it's so easy. And I see this in my life. It's so easy to um, make those your default like when you're doing nothing, right? Like when you're during the day, when I don't know if you're on your lunch break or whatever, what's your default? Your default is to go, um, at least for me, I catch myself and it's to go on my phone, go through social media, go through the internet. And, and every time I put it down, every time I, I put that stuff away after I search the internet or go on social media, I feel this rush. I don't know if you feel this, but it, like it's easy to feel this rush of just anxieties and different information and a billion different thoughts. Like, like I truly believe that um, even 20 years ago where smartphones weren't a thing, like Believe it or not, when I was a, like a kid, kid, like smartphones weren't a thing. Like people weren't getting notifications. People were still reading newspapers. Um, and that's how people got their information. And now it's 20 million things. And I truly believe um, that a big part of our culture and the reason that there are so many people who struggle, whether that's with mental stuff um, and not all of it, like because there's because there's there are diagnosis and there are health reasons behind that but like i think a reason we are seeing uptick in suicide rates depression all these awful mental things is because our minds weren't made to hold a billion different thoughts and have 20 million different pieces of information Um, and i don't believe the lord designed us that way 20 years ago you can look at the statistics and they are even lower than today and that was 20 years ago not even that long ago and i think a big part of it is because of our shift for a thirst for information, a thirst for more, a thirst to have more ideas, to know more. And I think that can be such a good thing, especially in different departments like health and and science and um, understanding more about God's creation. And and I think those are good things, but I think it so easily can be twisted into a, into a wrong thing um, that hurts us more than it actually helps us. Like I think of um, social media. Um, they had this like documentary. I I think it's on Netflix. I don't know where where it is. And if you guys want to correct me, you can. But like they had this documentary about social media. I think it's Facebook. And they pull the the creators, the people, the main people who created and put 
Facebook together, and they 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 explained the goal of why they made Facebook. They said it could be a huge encouragement to people, and they actually added a like, you know, the like button, the love button, and the reason they said behind that is because like we want people to feel encouraged. And that's what they said. We thought it was a great source for people to receive encouragement for things that are happening in their life. And guess what? That is a good thing. That culture and society has turned into a bad thing, an addictive thing. And now what what are people doing? They search how many likes they have, how many follows they have. They care about how many loves they have or whatever it is. Like they care about that almost to the point where it's an addiction and it's an idol in their life. And so the, the reality is, is the more things we have, right? The more things we have access to, the care, more careful we have to be because the more we have, the more we can turn into bad things, and since we have so much access, it's so critical, especially in the Christian life, and, and I say this in my life as well, it's so critical that we develop discipline. Like God has given us a spirit of power, scripture says, and it's critical that we're accessing that spirit in the way that we live. Like one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. We don't talk about that that much. Like that's kind of one of the fruits of the spirit that we don't really address, but self-control is a sign of a Christian, of someone who follows and loves Jesus. And so to you, do you, do you practice self-control in, in your social media practices, in the way you get up in the morning, in the way you, you read scripture and pray? Do you have self-control? And I say that as someone who has struggled with that, okay? There are a lot of times during my weeks and my days, especially recently, where, where I don't want to get up one morning, okay? And I don't, you know, and then there are times where I'll default into social media and fall into that. And then I realize that, you know what? Like the temptation becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And my lack of self-control becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. But do you know what I always realize whenever I, whenever I fall into that trap? Um, and, and I think it's something for the, from the Lord, but it's a conviction it truly is a conviction of disgust because I believe the Lord wants us to be self-disciplined because I believe in self-control and self-discipline. A huge part of that is that we understand and we know and we can delight in God better. And that's one of the things I'm realizing as I'm trying to strap down on a, and it sounds like just little things like um, getting up earlier like putting my phone on do not disturb where I don't get notifications. Maybe that helps, will help you. Or maybe that's deleting the Instagram or social media app from your phone and making it so that you have to go on the internet to access it. So it's not a, so you're not defaulting in that every day. And and I think those are simple steps that I know for me has helped me be more self-disciplined and then prayer. Like, like I can't do it on myself. Like I need the grace of God to be, to be self-controlled, to be self-disciplined. And I look all throughout scripture. I see that in Paul, like Paul talks about that in, in his letter to the Corinthians where he talks about disciplining his body and disciplining himself. I actually, I actually want to find that for you really quick. So give me one second. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians. Let's 
let's see. I think it's, oh, it's 1 Corinthians. I just think this is so important to bring this up. That's why I don't really want to fly by it. Um, he says 1 Corinthians 9, um, 27. Yeah, here's what he says in 24. He says, do you know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And I love that. I think that should be a verse that many of us probably need to hear right now. Because Paul says, I I discipline my body because that's the goal. The goal is for me to preach the gospels, to live following Jesus. And you know, when an NBA player or a sports athlete, when they, when they're trying to reach a goal of whether that's getting in the NBA or getting an NFL, they got to discipline their body, right? Like those guys are jacked. Those guys are huge. Those guys are, are athletic. Those guys are conditioned. Why? Because they discipline their body for the service. They discipline their body for the goal. And what Paul's saying is discipline yourself. And the reality is, is there's Christians. There's so many Christians, man. There's so many Christians and followers who, who don't have any discipline. Where you think you can follow Jesus and you can have this committed relationship, yet do nothing. Okay? And obviously our relationship with Jesus is not, is not dependent on our works. But man, if there's no fruit and there's no works and there's no self-discipline, there's none of those things, like that, that's a major cause for concern. Man, and at that point I would be asking, man, do I have a relationship with Jesus? And I think it's so important that we have self-control. Because we can bend, because that, that helps our relationship with the Lord. It helps us to know God. It helps us to see Him in every situation of life. Um, recently, a few days ago, shocking, and we're still, we're still mourning the loss. Um, but, but my grandfather, who was probably the greatest um, example of Jesus, um, just finished his race this last week. And when I say race, I I say this man was so committed to Jesus. Like, I I cannot tell you how committed he was to Jesus. Like, every time, like, he was, it felt like he was talking with God. Like, he, like, he was just talking with his father. He was a pastor for over 40 years. He, he preached from the stage. He was an incredible evangelist. But the biggest thing, and I wrote about this uh, on, on my Instagram the other day, the biggest thing that I take away from my grandfather is his, his, his ministry in, in the silent moments when no one saw him. Like, like, you think he was authentic on stage? Like, his authenticity with people. There was a time, and this story blows me away, where he went into a hospital to this sick girl, and he sang to this girl for eight hours straight, Eight hours straight, 
because he felt that's what the Lord had called him to do. That was the ministry. And do you realize how much discipline that takes to sit there for eight hours and and sing to this girl because God called you to do such a thing? And I look at my grandfather and I say, that man was a reflection of Jesus. He ran with endurance. He ran with discipline and he ran with love and he ran with faithfulness. Unlike any person I'd ever seen. And I look at his life now and I believe the Lord has really moved and has shown me that through his life, that is an example of me. And look, losing him in this world is hard, but I know he is praising Jesus. He is with Almighty God, the one he yearned for, the one he wanted all his life. He is with that God. He is with Jesus right now. And there's nothing greater than that. And I can celebrate with him all day. But one of the greatest things he left was an example of diligence and of faithfulness and of self-discipline. And the reality is is there's not a lot of people who finish the race. There's not a lot of people who start the race. But I've seen so many people who don't finish the race. Because it's so easy to drift with all the noise, all the things. But I look at my grandfather and I say he was self-disciplined. And God gave him a spirit of power and he was self-disciplined. And it, 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 it produced a faithful and righteous a godly human being. Not because of what he did, but because of the grace that God gave him and how he embraced the spirit to be a Christian of radical abandonment and a Christian that bared much fruit and loved Jesus deeply. He always, one of the things I also take away from his self-discipline is just the fact that he was in scripture so much. And I know one of the things that bugs me and scares me about our generation is that like, like I said a little earlier, that, that we think that we can love Jesus yet have no self-discipline. We don't need to have a time in God's word. We don't need to be in prayer. We don't need to be alone with God. I read an article recently that talked about the importance of meditation and not this meditation of Zen, you know, that weird, whatever, Zen, clear the mind, do all this. No, but a meditation on God's truth, meditation on what he says about us, what he says about himself, like just, just, just envisioning like him and his presence and his truth and letting that wash over us and spending time in silence doing that and and the importance of that in my life. And my grandfather practiced that. And I truly believe it gave him a deeper sense of awe, a deeper sense of fear and a deeper knowledge and relationship with Jesus. And, and, And the reality is, is there's not many people who do that anymore. There's not many people who study the scriptures, who, who, who dig deep for their relationship. Like if you're in a relationship with another person, you dig deep even if you don't want to so that you can show love to that person. The reality is, is we th- a lot of us think that you can be in a relationship with Jesus and not have to dig deep and be totally fine. No, if you love Jesus, you will dig deep in his word and you will pray and you will meditate because you love him. Even if you don't feel the, the electricity or the emotions or the things or the tingles, when you do, when you, when you're, when, when you're in this relationship with them, and I can't tell you the importance 
of being alone with God. And that's my urge as I, as I wrap up this episode is that you would be alone with God. Oh man. Like I tell this to every student. It's like, how's it like when a student's struggling, like, how's your prayer life? How's your time in scripture? Not that that is a, not that that those works save you, but, but generally they can be a great indicator. They can be a great, they can be a check engine light for why your relationship with Jesus is struggling. And so I always ask, like, is that, like, how's your relationship with Jesus? How's your time in God's word? Are you, are you in it? Are you dedicated to it? Are you praying? How's your prayer life? And I can't say in a world where there's so much, there's so much stuff, it is becoming increasingly more important that we get away and we get alone. Because developing relationship with Jesus, developing relationship with anybody takes work. It takes grind. It takes grit. It takes true biblical love. And so my urge is be alone with Jesus. Be alone in his scripture. Be in prayer. Um, and, and, and try different things. For me right now, I, I try to read three chapters a day. I try to spend a few minutes before meditating on, on his truth, meditating on, on uh, some image in scripture. I use Revelation 4. That's, that's mine. I use the Revelation 4 throne room and I just envision that. And, and I think that's important. Um, I have prayer cards, like develop prayer cards. Um, but there's so many times where we can just be with God and, and the, also the struggles that we can be with God and our mind is so full of so many distractions that we're never actually there with God. And so I would urge you, spend time, like, few minutes before you even in your time with the Lord, few minutes, just trying to focus on him because you're talking and you're with him. Like just, just be there and then read his word. And then maybe that's a prayer list. Maybe it's prayer cards. Maybe it's none of those things, but just a a way where, where you can just be with God and you can delight in him. And I truly believe the art of being with God You and him alone and learning to cherish that every day, every single day. I think it changes your life and it deepens your relationship with him and deepens the fruit and allows him to conform your mind because conform and transform your mind and your heart. Because yes, we can, we can receive things from God outside of his word. We can receive things from God through people, through sermons, through all those things. But I, I just think, um, I just get more convinced that your time with Jesus is a huge indicator, huge, huge indicator about the fruit that you're going to bear and the status of your relationship with Jesus. And I urge you because I love you and I want you to strive. I want you to love Jesus. I want you to know the, the King of hope and our Savior. And I urge you, be with him. Be with him. Like if you want to message me on Instagram and tell me and, and, and I can give you some tips. I can give you some resources on, on how to develop a time with Jesus because I think it's so crucial. And I think you will totally not regret it especially in a world that says self-discipline is not, um, is, is not important and is not a, a significant thing. It is. And self-discipline takes work, it takes grind, and it takes grit. But the Lord has given us as Christians a spirit of power and of strength that, will, that, that, that allows us 
and he's given us grace that allows us to be self-disciplined and to be uh, self-controlled for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the kingdom. And I, and I know, and I believe just as Paul says, he, God wants us, the Lord wants us to be fit. Okay. Like an athlete is fit for his duty. Jesus wants us to be fit for his kingdom and fit and committed to representing his kingdom. Well, and that happens through self-discipline that happens through time with the Lord that happens through evangelism that happens through the fruit that we bear to lost people in the ministry that we do. And so I urge you start with your time with Jesus and your time in his word and just delighting in him in those quiet moments. Um, I'm going to pray for us and then um, we'll wrap up this episode. Jesus, you, you are so good. Thank you for just the Savior that you are and the Redeemer. Thank you that God, as, as Christians, you, you, you put your spirit in us. Like, that's crazy that we are the temple of your spirit. You, you choose us. And Father, I pray for any of us who've listened, God, and I know this is for me too because I'm learning and I'm growing. And I, I just pray that, God, we, we would embrace the spirit that you've put in us, that you, we would allow it to touch every part of our lives, God. And if we're kind of on the brink of commitment and we don't have a quiet time and, and we don't have a time with you and we're not truly committed, God, I pray that you would convict us. God, I pray that you would deepen our love for you, that God, we wouldn't be lukewarm, but that we would be committed, that we would be fit for service. We would be fit to serve your kingdom to the day that we die. And thank you for giving me such an awesome example through my grandfather. He was so someone who was so humble, so touched by the gospel, God, because of your grace. Thank you for that example that you've put in my life and how you've used that example, God, to speak to me about the person that you desire myself to become, but the person you desire all of us as Christians to become, Jesus. And I pray that you would give us a radical, radical commitment to you Lord, I pray that every breath, everything we would do, God, would be in light of the knowledge and the love that we have for you. And I pray for those listening that you would start a fire. You would do a new work in the people that are burning out, God. You would start a new, you would renew their commitment and deepen their love, God. I pray for those who are drifting, God, because of the busyness of life. That, God, you would pull them back. You would pull them back. God, I don't want them to drift. I don't want them to go away, God. I don't want them to fall away. I want them to know you. And I pray you would pull them back and rekindle that fire and that commitment, God. And give us eyes that, are, that, that see your awe. Give us hearts that fear your name. And help us to see 
Thank God, without you, we are nothing. We are desperate, absolutely desperate for your presence. And Jesus, would you help us to live with a posture on our knees, recognizing that we are nothing and that you are everything. Everything we have, everything we do is because of, everything we have is because of you. And so, Father, would you create in us a heart of diligence and give us a soldier's mentality and the faith of a child? We need you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.